Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on October 16th, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Come home to yourselves and to each other. May all that is unfree in you be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to the Father. Glory to God, glory to God.
church and at home. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forevermore. Glory to God, source of all being, eternal word and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. The reading is from Jeremiah chapter 31 and verses 27 to 34. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of humans and the seed of animals. And just as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, destroy and bring evil, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. In those days they shall no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But all shall die for their own sins and the teeth of everyone who eats sour grapes shall be set on edge. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. A covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their people and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me, for the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. You've got to open the word. Read the word. Break it down. 
The Gospel this morning is taken from Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, good morning. You have no reason why you should know who I am. Uh, my wife, Ray, and I have not been coming here a great long time, but uh, by way of very brief introduction, my name's Robert Reif. Uh, my wife, Ray, uh, she's a taffy. She's from Newport, Wales. Um, I'm Canadian by birth, born and raised in Calgary, Alberta. That's where we met and married. Our two boys were born in uh, Canada, and then we lived in the U.S. for 20 years. So we have five passports between the two of us. Uh, we're aiming at the Jason Bourne of ministry. Um, and we're, we're over in Edinburgh serving uh, as uh, global servants with uh, our denomination as the Evangelical Covenant Church. We're serving with the missional arm of that uh, denomination, Serve Globally, and for all intents and purposes, I'm kind of here as a pastor at large. And the fun part about that is that I have total freedom to partner with really wonderful collectives like this here who are doing great work in local communities, and I get to learn and participate together with you. So that's why we're here. And it's coming up very close that we've been here one year. I think the 26th is when I joined Ray. Uh, it's also when Graham, our youngest son, is coming to visit. So let's pray. Spirit of God, may these few faltering words be enlivened and blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Well, primarily for our purposes today, uh, the parable of the persistent widow that we heard read so wonderfully offers us a posture for prayer. It's a parable about persistent, even defiant prayer. But it's much more than that. Prayer is merely kind of a frame for what is really taking place here, which is a confrontation between a vulnerable justice seeker and an unjust power holder. And in the end, the powerful and just God takes the place of the unjust judge, granting justice to his vulnerable chosen ones who cry to him day and night. There's a lot at stake here, but an awful lot of hope. And we always get uh, the best understanding and intentions of a story when we can get a bird's eye view of things. So, one is led to the question, what on earth happened before this that prompted the story in the first place? So in the, in the previous chapter that we've heard elucidated over the last few weeks, Luke has kind of delivered quite a few heavy hitters to his wide-eyed listeners. 
Uh, Jesus has called them to aim their hearts toward the vulnerable who can offer nothing in return. He has already championed tiny mustard seed faith and insists that self-effacing humility wins out over self-aggrandizement every time. And he tells us that the healing of the ten lepers reveals how God receives praise from the unexpected, even unwelcome places. Samaritans, like ooh, can you imagine? All are welcome in this new kingdom of grace. So let's look a little bit closer at the story. There's a, a practice in the study of the scriptures called hermeneutics. It's just kind of protocols, the means by which we go about understanding stuff. And it tells us that we're supposed to pay really close attention to things like connectives and prepositions and all those tiny little words and things, and even commas where they're put. So it says, then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Well, Jesus tells this in response to all that he had said before that kind of left them reeling. It's like Jesus is saying, okay, look, gang, you look confused. Here's a story. Maybe this will help iron things out a little bit. And then he tells them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Well, this posture of prayer contains two parallel requirements, constancy and courage. No extra charge for the alliteration. Our invitation is to converse with God in the living room of welcoming grace where we consistently matter to God and where we are always taken seriously. But it is not for the faint of heart it will ask something of us, even as it did this widow. And any good story must have a conflict to resolve. So we're introduced here to um, one of society's most vulnerable citizens, then as now, a widow. A pleading widow, often pitted against angry male power brokers. So that ought to ring as true today as it would have then. Widows are always among our most vulnerable citizens. They figure prominently in the teaching and emphases of Jesus, and especially in Luke's gospel. All unrespected people are represented here in this widow, whose relentlessness is so bothersome to the judge that she ends up receiving the justice she demands. And on top of it all, the unfeared God will, by the end of the parable, eclipse the judge who does not fear him. So we get to see a posture of prayer built on humility, active persistence that pursues justice. This widow was fearless and forceful enough that she receives justice, the justice that she sought, and by implication is included among the chosen ones of God. And we should not miss the subtle humor of the story, too. Jesus uses humor more than we think he does, and it's often missed. So he's setting up this conflict, which has kind of like a David and Goliath vibe to it. Here's a, quote, little old lady, so annoyingly troublesome that the unjust judge just wants to shut her up. Special kudos to grandma for kicking butt and taking names. However... And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? 
I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. Such a beautiful clincher, a great punchline here. The response is so certain that Jesus asks rhetorical questions. The answers are meant to be self-evident. They were more accustomed to seeing God as a grumpy curmudgeon and always feeling a little bit behind the eight ball in the presence of that God. And in such a sour environment, it could hardly feel worth bringing petitions to God. It might be something like this. Lewis, 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 mom, 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 mommy, mommy, mommy. Mama, 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 Ma, 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 Mom, 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 Mommy, Mommy, Mama, 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 Hi. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Let's pray. No, not quite yet. Um, Luke's gospel is just is full of these beautiful ironies, these kingdom reversals, where Jesus is the disruptor of the status quo. He's the bringer of hope and justice. He's a champion of the poor, the voiceless, the defenseless, the humble, the little ones. It's an additional irony that such a gospel is written by a well-respected, well-educated doctor who literally subverts his own social status under the gospel scrutiny in order to drive home a picture of a God who genuinely cares about every single person, but especially the unexpected ones, the abused and confused, the lonely and lost, the scoundrel and the selfish alike, all find place at the table. There's one final challenge Jesus makes in the form of a question at the end of this parable. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? To understand Jesus' question, we need to reference it in the story first. He is speaking, of course, about a constant, persistent, courageous, mustard seed, justice-seeking faith like we see in this widow. More than that, however, Luke's gospel reveals many others who are commended for their faith. Luke is full of these things. A Roman centurion who believes Jesus will heal his slave even from a distance. A sinful woman who anoints Jesus' feet and loves much. Friends of a paralytic willing to dig through some guy's roof, believing that Jesus could heal him. A bleeding and therefore ceremonially unclean woman touches Jesus' clothes in a crowd and is healed. A Samaritan leper whose gratitude turns him back to Jesus where he falls at his feet in thanksgiving. A blind beggar later in this chapter who sees Jesus for who he is and calls out to him. Will Jesus find faith? The answer is yes, of course. But it's going to come in very unexpected ways from unexpected places, as it has all along in the gospel. Not among the religious professionals or the ones certain of their own righteousness, but among outsiders, 
the unlovely, the unclean, the ones certain of their brokenness. The parable encourages a faith willing to persist in prayer, like a lowly widow who persists against all odds in her fight for justice against a powerful judge. But as we see, God is not unjust. God is love, which always bends toward justice. Jesus provides for them, for us, a posture for prayer. Jesus sought to answer their questions, which I dare say are the same as ours. What is God really like? Can I really trust God? Does God hear me when I pray? Does God care for my tiny, even selfish requests? Hell yeah. I mean, amen. <laughs> Come, let us approach the God of little voices with our little faith, our little actions, as little people, this God of the unexpected and unlooked for. Amen. Our prayers today are partly a personal time of personal reflection for all of us and partly some prayer for others. Rob's talked about posture in prayer and physical posture is quite significant as well. In, in days of old in other churches, they might ask people to kneel. Uh, and I thought we would change our posture today for instead of sitting. I'm not going to ask you to kneel because if you're like me, you probably wouldn't get up again. <laughs> but I would like to ask you to for this first out of prayers to stand if you feel able to do that. And just close your eyes as we reflect on the love of God. So Lord, as we grow in our intimate connection with you, we know it's important to learn to be vulnerable. Some people think that vulnerable, being vulnerable, makes us weak. And others are afraid to be vulnerable with God because shame tells them they're not worthy. But the truth really is that vulnerability is the way to connection with God and with other people. So it often means sharing difficult emotions or grief or fear or shame. Maybe talking about mistakes you've made in your life, we've made in our lives. Maybe taking chances with other people that might lead to rejection. And the Psalm have lots to say about speaking to God, and I want to read a short passage from Psalm 142, where David shares some of his anguish when he says, I cry aloud to the God, I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell him my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who knows my way. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me, 
Look to my right and see, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge, no one cares for my life. So David experiences deep sorrow and feels abandoned, in need, weak, emotionally exhausted. But instead of hiding it, he pours it all out. There's no hesitation or mask. David feels seen, understood, and heard by God. He understands that most important lesson, that it's safe to be vulnerable with God. So as we open our hearts to God today, each of us feels safe. And in a moment of quietness, just let's all open our hearts to God and share some of our own vulnerability. So, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. So as we continue to pray, can I invite you to change posture and just sit again. And as we've changed our physical posture, let's just remember those words about our posture in prayer. Opening our hearts in vulnerability to God. So, Lord, we pray, help us to be vulnerable, to share ourselves as we really are, so we might make real and honest connections. Lord, change makes us feel vulnerable as we experience the hurts of life, realize our weaknesses and our limitations. And as we face our vulnerability, please keep ideas, possibilities, dreams and hopes growing in us and around us. Use us as channels of understanding, influence, curiosity to help others to grow. And place people in our path, Lord, so we can share our vulnerability safely. So we grow and develop close connections with each other. So we come to you today in fervent prayer for the hurting, the hungry, and the vulnerable in our families, in our church and churches, in Leith, in our country, 
in our world. Asking for your justice and love. And we come to you in fervent prayer, feeling so helpless for the nearly 48 million people facing emergency levels of hunger, and especially for the children at risk of death. Lord, our heart cries out for those folk. Show us how we can help. And we come to you in fervent prayer for the millions living in fear and anxiety about the future, about their future. Unsure how to keep food on their table, a roof over their heads, and literally the lights turned on. The Lord of justice and mercy, we cry out to you for your justice and mercy for all. So yes, Lord, today we ask that you give us deep empathy, moral clarity, and persistent courage in life as well as prayer, that we might be sharers of your love and your justice. Help us to stay present, be powerful, and compelled to action to change this world, to become active participants in your kingdom here on earth. Strengthen each of us to speak up for those whose voices are not heard. Maybe each individually and here in St. James as your church, be people marked by justice, mercy, and humility. And finally, Lord, we pray out to you for, your gov for our governments. As we look around the world, we often have a sense of despair at the things that go on in war, in poverty, in hunger. O Holy Spirit, move in the hearts of our governments and stir their hearts. Awaken them with your righteousness and mercy that they might prioritize humanity and the reality of the hungry and the poor and the vulnerable in our nations. And Lord, may the presence and power of the Holy Spirit Convict each of us to put our faith into action this day. For we ask this in the name of the Prince of Peace. Amen. May we continue our prayers by saying together the New Zealand Anglican version of the Lord's Prayer. Eternal Spirit, Earthmaker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echoed through the universe, 
the way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen.
loving God, we thank you for feeding us. And we thank you that we can come as vulnerable people. Help us to increasingly come to you without masks, but with our real selves. And know that we are secure in your love so that we are then able to love others unconditionally. Amen.